Welcome to another episode of Unraveling IT. I'm your host, Alexi Burris-Duncan, and whether you know it or not, you've probably been a part of some sort of digital transformation initiative. And regardless of your track record with digital transformation, one thing is for certain, legacy organizations need to change. They, they have to, you know, change their, the way that they process their data. They have to change the way that they digitize their systems or risk being left behind. The benefits of a successful digital transformation are way too big to leave on the table and the risk of doing nothing is way too severe. But the thing that is most important is that they do it right. Uh, 70% of digital transformations fail, according to uh, McKinsey and company, and that leaves some companies a little gun shy. So today, um, Wes DeConick is joining us today. He is the director of digital transformation at Corsica Technologies, and he's going to be talking to us about what goes wrong in digital transformation. So this episode is titled, Who Broke My Digital Transformation? Wes, um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into uh, digital transformation? Yeah, actually, it's a very long history. We've got over 20 years of sales and marketing experience, design, development, product management, pretty much anything having to do with technology I've been a part of for over 20 years. Uh, I've worked for lots of businesses. I've owned businesses. So I have a lot of perspective on how to craft real solutions to real problems um, and the kind of the truck by fire. So been through a lot over the last 20 years, seen a lot of things, learned a lot of ways to not go about doing something. So uh, a lot of that comes to bear here for our clients and I bring that experience to the table to, to craft good solutions. Gotcha. And since you are so well-versed in, you know, what goes right and goes wrong, what are some of the most painful digital transformation uh, projects that you've experienced and what made them so painful? Yeah, um, I would say my first projects were my most painful for sure. As with any career, when you first get started, you make a lot of mistakes and you hopefully learn quickly from them. But digital transformation is no different. You know, I've written entire apps that didn't need to exist. That's not a good feeling. I've developed solutions for problems that aren't even really problems or for the wrong problem. Um, and, and a common thread I would say that's throughout those is that I let our stakeholders drive the solutions too much. So that would be the biggest problem I would say early on in my career and for most of my digital transformation projects is just building the things that people ask you to build without asking why enough, and not diving in far enough. So um, that's led to a lot of friction, a lot of pain. Um, and for me, at least that's, that's a top one for my early projects. And if you could change one thing about those projects, uh, what would it be? Yeah, uh, I would say it's just making sure that you fully understand the problem you're solving before you try to solve it. And what I mean by that is, is don't be too quick to jump to implementation. Uh, a lot of people get excited about, oh, I know how to build something, hopefully meet this need. They jump in, they iterate, and then they throw it out there, but they didn't understand the problem well enough to actually address it. And that's, you know, that sets a lot of things up for failure. You want to get as far upstream as possible in your problem to say, you know, how how did this come to be? What are the, the key players that are in this? Um, what possible solutions exist? And analyze all that before you try to determine what technology could we use to do this you know, or to solve this problem and how do we go about solving it? It doesn't really matter how complex the problem is. It just matters that you fully understand it before you try to solve it. Yeah. And what do companies do that typically set themselves up for failure? Uh, a lot of things. Definitely is one of them is, is not understanding their project or problems. It, it's um, not asking enough questions, not involving the right people, not having the right context. There's a lot they can do. But I would say one of the top ones that, at least for me, is trying to change too much too fast. 
many, many organizations fall prey to this, whether they're working with some kind of a consultant or they're trying to do it themselves in, in, in-house with their own teams and resources. But they just try to change everything in one fell swoop. They take a big bang approach and say, let's just digitize all the things. That's not a really good approach because there's too much exposure and risk in doing that. And the, um, you know, the likelihood of failure is much higher than that it could be. So you want to look for ways to break problems down into smaller problems you can solve and then prioritize into against those. So making sure that say, here's our full list of problems. What are the, the heavy hitters? What could we tackle first? Um, and then put all those pieces together for a larger overarching solution. Gotcha. And speaking of, you know, making things smaller, mm-hmm. um, you know, Corsica does specialize in small businesses. Yeah. And um, what are the advantages that, you know, smaller companies have over enterprises when it comes to digital transformation? I love working with smaller companies. There's nothing against enterprise, but smaller companies are so much more nimble. You know, they definitely have advantages over the enterprise for, I see, three reasons, most likely. Um, and that's they have fewer people, fewer systems, and they can pit easier. So with fewer people, it's a lighter burden in terms of cultural change, training, adoption. Um, so when you roll out a new piece of software or a new process or way of doing things, um, there's fewer people involved. So it's easier to get out there and get in use. There's also fewer systems. So that makes it easier to come, you know, to, to implement your project, to tie data together, to integrate things. Um, and there's not as many things that you have to figure out how to put the piece in that puzzle, so to speak. Um, and then again, if something goes wrong, which it can, and that's the subject of today's episode, is it's a lot goes wrong, um, how do we avoid it? But when things go wrong at the smaller organization, it's easier to pivot, which means you didn't get it right, you can roll it back, you can head in a different direction, and it's much easier to do when it's not that big of an organization. The analogy I use typically to wrap this kind of thing up is, it's like in a rowboat, you turn the rudder, you can turn around quickly in a small boat, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're on the Titanic, you can turn the rudder as hard as you want. It's still going to take a really long time for that boat to turn around. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of the analogy you could use for digital transformation in these enterprises. And the small guys, it's, it's just more nimble. It's easier, um, you know, and, and we have a lot more success with that. But enterprise, we have a lot of success, too, because the mindset that we take, mm-hmm. you know, breaking things down, making it easier to digest and not tackling it all at once. Yeah. So um, I know part of digital transformation is custom software. Um, yes. And I know custom software can get a company into trouble. Uh, it's one thing to build a, a beautiful in-house solution, but long-term supporting it can cripple the IT department. Any advice on how to approach digital transformation um, in a future-proof way? Yeah. So whether you're building it internally or if you're hiring you know, an outside firm like Corsica or somebody to, to come in and help you with that digital transformation initiative, it's being intentional about how you're going to support it from day one that will set you up for success. Mm-hmm. Most people, they, they have their eyes on building the thing, especially with custom software. You build it, you implement it, you roll it out. Hooray, it's the end of the, of the road. Everything is hunky-dory from then all out. But technology changes daily. Things do need to update, processes change, and you need to have a plan for that. And if you don't, it will be very painful. Um, so I would say just being intentional about how you're going to support the solution that you're implementing, um, whether you're doing it internally or, again, working with an outside vendor, ask what the plan is. How are we going to support this thing? What are the costs involved? Um, and what are the risk areas for us going forward after we roll out this initiative? And uh, can you give us a few examples of digital transformation projects that you've completed recently and the impact that they had on the organization? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love this question. I mean, I love 
using what I know how to do to work with businesses every day to solve their problems through technology. It's exciting. And technology is always changing. Um, a couple of examples that come to mind, um, would be our, our first one was a custom web application that we built for a, a client. Um, and they had reporting needs to report data for treatment for um, probation uh, individuals. So that was all probation. Um, and they needed to report data to the state for funding for various other reasons. Um, they relied on their internal staff and some external team members to record data about treatment for these individuals. And then they would manually compile that, send it to a clerk or a reporter, and they would have to then take all that and sanitize that data and put it in the right format to send off to the state. It took a lot of time for that individual to get the data and then to put it in the proper format, a lot of manual steps. Now there's pieces of technology in there, but there's still a lot of manual labor. So we built a custom application that allowed for direct data entry by the people providing the treatment. So whether that was internally or external to their business, they had one application the data was put into mm-hmm. and the reports were automatically generated. So that person was taking several days of effort a month to do reporting and it was cut, it, cut down to less than, I think, 15 minutes. So it took several days down to 15 minutes. And the funny story there is that individual, when I delivered it and showed her what it does, she got out of her chair and did cartwheels. I out of the room. Uh, it was it was exciting it was exciting for us too knowing mm-hmm. that you know we used what we knew how to do to build something and it had that kind of impact so um, I, that, that's one that always sticks out for me as having a great impact but it just saved her so much time and quality of life you know mm-hmm. uh, was with much improved from that one uh, another one another custom web app that we did um, was one that was embedded in microsoft teams for a financial client so most companies deal with expenses um, and things like that. And they all have different ways of going about doing it. Um, for them, it was, there was an email chain that had some PDFs that you would download and fill out for your expenses, or they had a spreadsheet that they would mail to the CFO. She would have to compile that, realize that everyone missed all their attachments and didn't put receipts and had to chase people down. Uh, and it just took her so much time to do expenses every month that she had better things to do. So uh, they came to us to build an application to put right into their collaborative suite in the Microsoft Teams environment. Um, basically, it allowed every individual to record their expenses quickly and easily. It required all the data that they needed to input, so they couldn't submit it without adding the proper documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and automatically generated all her reports for her. So it was just done. I mean, she still runs to review things and mark things, but saved her a ton of time. And she was very, very happy about that implementation. Um, and that's just a small application. Obviously, we're looking to expand that feature for them, but that's another good one I like too. Um, that a small application in the fabric of everyday collaborative tooling can just save so much time and improve the quality of their data. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you think that, you know, people are afraid of essentially when they're thinking about digital transformation? Is it like, I don't know what digital transformation is that that's usually a big one. And then, or do you think that it's something else? Yeah. I think that a couple of the big fears that, that I see, one, just not understanding technology and how it can be used. There's they just say, there's just so much. I don't know where to begin. I don't know what could be you know, used for what. I don't understand it. So not having you know, a good understanding of the team can be scary. And that's why it's important to get a good partner. Like either you have a good partner internally with your team that understands this or partner with someone like Corsica or other digital transformation agencies that can come in and analyze what you're, you're wanting to do and provide you with that plan, which demystifies a lot and helps you understand and ground you know, your project for you. Another thing too is cost. A lot of people think, oh, I have to spend $2 million this year to get to digital transformation, all the things. But realistically, when you get a good partner and you can get a plan together, prioritize it, you bite it into smaller chunks, the costs are not astronomical. And another way to think about it that a lot of people don't is in terms of what are you getting from this product? So, you know, 
we talked about time savings in some of these examples. If you think in terms of if I have an employee or a team that spends X amount of time doing this thing that I can either automate or integrate with another system and cut out all that time over the next two to five years, how much money am I saving? Then that can help justify the cost of the project itself. So, you know, looking at it from a different way and thinking in terms of that ROI for this product that you're building or the solution that you're going to put in place can really help you understand whether the costs are in line or out of line for your use case of the company too. But I think cost is another big one that's prohibitive and it's not as bad as people think it is. Yeah, I know Ross was saying that, um, you know, a lot of the return on investment was, you know, simply having the time to focus on your business, yeah. you know? Um, having the flexibility, because I was wondering, like, how do you even grow if you, you know, if you invest in these things? Um, and where's the return on investment? And he was saying that a lot of it is just, I don't have to worry about that. So I can focus on this and then it just gets better and better and better. Yeah. And another way you can think about that too, I guess, with another example is you can also use the tools you're already paying for. So many of our clients and so many businesses use Microsoft 365. They use the Microsoft suite of projects or products, but they're using it for email and teams and collaboration. And there's so much more. And there's so much more in that platform that they're already paying for. Mm -hmm. So having someone come in and say, what is your problem? Let's take a look at this thing. Let's solve this. And using technology they're already paying for mm -hmm. is another way to cut those costs down in more ways than one. You're not expending more for the product and then you're also saving through the efficiency gained and utilizing it correctly. Yeah. Uh, so what is something that uh, excites you uh, about digital transformation You know, as we enter 2024? just the rapid rate of change of technology. Like today we have so many things that we can use at our disposal, you know, as, as solution engineers, as people trying to solve problems, to solve them economically and efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, and also empowering the people we provide the solutions for to help iterate on themselves. Like when we had to, to build custom software 10, 15 years ago, we were wizards, we were the magicians, right? Mm -hmm. And clients are like, oh, that's behind the locked door. I don't know what they're doing, but it does the thing. So if it breaks, I don't even know we're going to fix it. Right. But now we're engineering solutions alongside of our clients, educating them and giving them the keys to success. And also through Microsoft and other collaborative suites, there's so many tools that are self-service that they get excited about transforming things and they come up with their own ways to solve their own problems too. So, I mean, the, the rate of change of technology and the rapid adoption of it heading into next year, so many people having their eyes open, but wow, I can build my own tools. I can do the things. I can make myself more efficient so I can focus on things that I'm not focusing on today. That excites me because it's an exciting time for companies. It's an exciting time for us um, having more tools that we can use to help people solve these problems and open their eyes. It's great. Yeah, but they, at the end of the day, they do need somebody like us because you were saying they need to think like a digital transformation expert. Yeah, actually, it's one of the things and I heard this in a podcast recently. I really liked it. Um, it's just everyone should think like a consultant. You know, even if you're internal, think like a consultant. Ask the right questions. Get upstream on your problem. Uh, look at the tools at your disposal and look at like the objectives or the, the success criteria for the outcomes and set to that. Don't just say, oh, could we do a thing that does a thing? Yeah, we could do that. Get outside of that box, ask why a lot more, get to the root of your problem and find the right way to solve it. And I think um, that, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, that, that excites me. I just, I love it. But having a plan is important, whether you work with a consultant or not. And the important thing is to know that we're out here. You know, if, if you're like, yeah, that's all well and great, but I don't know where to start, mm -hmm. right? We'll bring the plan. Right. All I need to do is say, What's your problem? Yeah. What's your pain? What's the friction you're having? What do you need to do that you can't do today? And we can come in and help you figure that out. And maybe the solution is you already have the tools. Let us show you how to use them. Or it's let us build you something and show you how to use it. You know, so 
we don't just engage and we're not only brought in when we have to build something for someone. We're brought in to do the consulting as well and say, here are your options. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to work best for you for what you need out of it? Yeah, it, it's good to have somebody that can think of all the things, all the questions. You, Your mind, the way that it works is mm-hmm. it's constantly thinking of what can possibly go wrong. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, well, you know, it, it comes in handy when it comes to your job. You have a, a big imagination for how things can be different. Um, but I want to thank you so much for being here with me today and talking about digital transformation and how expansive it is. You know, this is just a small part of a big conversation. Very big conversation. And I hope to have you back on the podcast so that we can do this all over again. And there you have it. We've unraveled digital transformation, what you need to be doing correctly, and what mistakes you can avoid. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unraveling IT. I'm your host, Lexi Burris-Duncan, and we'll see you next time.